to the Marcus Coat Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Coat. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast today. Today I'm joined by Darren McGuinness, who is the director and a strength and conditioning coach at Core Advantage. Darren has been in the industry for a long time and has lots of experience and we share it on today's episode. So please sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Marcus Co Fitness Podcast, Aaron. Thanks for having me. No, it's awesome. It's a pleasure to be able to catch up as well. So yeah, it's going to be an awesome chat today. So I do appreciate your time, the opportunity as well. Firstly, how are things going? How are you going yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Um, it's been a weird year, being a weird couple of years, I guess. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're now back open for our high performance athletes, which is really nice. So our pro and national level competitors are able to be in the gym, which is great because yeah. it's one of those things where you know, I coached from basically nonstop from 1999 to 2020. Yeah. Uh, and then I've had these really long breaks from coaching. And I really missed, I didn't realize how much of the fabric of my life, I mean, it's obvious, like if you coach yeah. 40 hours a week for 20 years, like it's a big yeah. part of your life, but I just didn't realize how much energy it gives me. Yeah. And, you know, because you just, I just got so flat when I wasn't coaching. So being around, not all of our people, but at least being around some of our people yeah. uh, has just been, uh, been great. And look, the good news is, um, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty close to our 80% double vax target. So we'll be fully open within probably, I reckon, eight to 12 days yeah. Uh, so yeah i'm pretty good and um yeah, other elements uh, we had a lot of side projects we've been working on which, which are coming together so i'm feeling about as good as i've felt about things in the last 12 months i reckon so it's uh it's not nice. that's really awesome here and i know like i think environment as you get back to the environment i think it sort of makes it missing mm. being around as you said your athletes or yeah your coaches and, and staff as well i think it definitely makes it a lot more um, easy when you when you do get back to so good yeah. as well yeah and look and i've got a great team like i really like we do our best when we're remote to, to stay connected and yeah. you know but i just there's nothing that replaces the that sort of just incidental hangout time when you're working with with, yeah. with your team just that you know i don't know there's something really nice about that so it's good to uh it'd be good to have more of the crew back together uh, in Definitely. the coming weeks yeah, that'd be awesome. And yeah, obviously good to see that. Yeah, Melbourne is it's obviously freedom, bit of freedom day today, yeah. which is awesome. Freedom day, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's obviously good to be able to, yeah, I think, get back to a bit of normality and mm. keep pushing that, that vaccination, which which would be good for them as well. As far as going back now, and I'm sure you've mm. been asked this uh, a lot on podcasts now as well, but yeah, I suppose going back now to your journey, I'd mm. love to hear, I suppose, how you, got in, how you got in the industry and maybe like, yeah, yeah sure. starting, starting uh, where you started. Yeah, so I sort of fell into things, really, if I'm honest. I, uh, my undergrad degree was a, uh, an arts degree with a double major in politics and sociology, so not an obvious lead-in to, yeah. to sports science and strength and conditioning. And then I kind of stuffed around a bit and did, did part of a marketing degree and didn't like that and dropped out. So I had, I had one of those sort of aimless 20s where I just didn't know. I didn't know what my thing was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was actually... It's, I, don't, I don't reckon I've talked about this. It was actually quite a depressing time. I remember I, was, I would get really depressed every birthday because I'm like, I'm a year older and I haven't progressed anywhere. And then, yeah, in my late, in my late 20s, I sort of was drifting around. I dropped out of uni. I didn't know what I was doing. 
And I decided I'm going to do a circuit breaker. I'm going to go to Japan and teach English. Just, yeah. just circuit breaker, see what, see what I want to do with my life. And I got a gig, but I got the job in July and it didn't start till January. Yeah. So, so I, had, I had this half a year not knowing what to do with it. Yeah. And so I did back then in, this is uh, 99, I did what was the basic point of entry then, which is just a, a personal training course. Yeah. Did that. And I just had incredible who like It just happened that the instructor and owner of that course was an incredible physio called Jack Dix. Yeah. Absolute gun, gun teacher. And I just happened to stumble into one of the best PT courses probably in the history of Australia. Like yeah. it was a really, really, had Russell Jarrett who like Russ is a really accomplished S&C coach and who now like teaches the level two ASCA course, yeah. like really good people teaching it. And so I just got really lucky and I did that. And, um, and I sort of started training people and coaching and it was really just as a, thing that was kind of fun to do for six months I had no idea it was going to be a thing for me yeah and um and it ended up kind of exploding it turned out that that was kind of kind of my thing um there's this thing um there's this thing called your it's a Japanese concept called your ikigai i-k-ikigai um just how it sounds phonetically and it's this idea of every one of us has this thing where it's that which you it's a series of circles that intersect that which you love, that which the world needs, that which the world will pay you for, that which you're good at. Yeah. Uh, and if you find that, that's that's your, that's kind of your calling. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I just I, I stumbled into that and business exploded and I ended up not going to Japan because I was like, this is, I can't kind of turn away from this. Yeah. And then I did an extra, and I did a course, I did a nutrition course, just a weekend sort of nutrition yeah. for trainers course. And one of the participants happened to be the manager of a gym that I had trained at called Body World. Yeah. Um, and Body World's like this mecca for Australian basketball strength and conditioning because the owner, Bruce Gray, yeah. uh, is kind of the, the guru. And so I did that. She said, oh, you should come down and talk about training at Body World. And so I went down, had a chat to JD, and he was like, yep, when do you want to start? And I started and it was, you know, it was 50 bucks a week rent. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> you know, but most importantly, that wasn't the cheapness of the rent that was good. It was that I said to Bruce, can I be your intern? Can I be your apprentice? And so, so my very first exposure in my first year was learning from this master. And so I did that and um, I, I think I did a reasonable job of, although, although I didn't fit the sort of, um, the typical, you know, massive personal trainer, you know, huge, no neck, beefy, beefy dude that was kind of the model at Body World. Yeah. I did a good job of just keeping my head down, being yeah. a good, good operator. And then a few years later, uh, one of my friends who was a trainer handballed me a gig. Uh, yeah. He said, "Look, I know you. I know you did the time with Bruce. I know you love basketball. I know you're interested in in SNC. Do you want the the SNC job with the Danong Rangers in the WNBL?" And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I'll put in a good word for you. I'll get you in. And so I got interviewed by the captain and she said, yep, you're in. I love your philosophy. Then after meeting the captain, I, I uh, called up the CEO and I was like, hi, I'm, I'm in USNC. He's like, oh, how much do we pay you? And I was like, oh, well, you paid JD. This is like, cool, we'll pay you that. Yeah. And yeah, we went, look, we, I had really good timing. Uh, we went in my first two years, we went back-to-back national championships, the first two in the history of the club. And, you know, if you've had a club that's never got a championship, getting, getting one's amazing, but to go yeah. back-to-back is, is huge. And in fact, we went uh, three grand finals in a row. Uh, we, lost, we lost to Lauren Jackson's Capitals in, in the third one. Oh, and, and, then, 
And then we got sacked. I got sacked. We all got sacked after the fourth season because we came fourth and we were all gone. Um, but rightly or wrongly, I got given a fair bit of credit for our low injury rate and our high performance. Like yep. We just, we basically, we won two championships. We went 44 and six over two years and pretty much no one acquired any injuries. We had a couple of pre-existing ones we had to manage, yep. but there were really no, no meaningful fresh injuries in two years. And yeah, and so then it just kind of, it was one of those things where I was pretty, I think it's important to emphasize, I was pretty lucky, but I have this idea that with luck, um, how you behave can increase your surface area for luck. So if you're really diligent, if you're a good person, if you really go above and beyond, hmm. uh, you will be luckier. Yeah. And so I, I treated, and that was a, like, it's a $5,000 a year job. Um, yeah. Or maybe it was six. No, it was six, yeah. But like not a lot of money, like yeah. compared to, you know, what I could be earning doing my own thing. Um, but but I treated it like I was being paid $100,000. Hmm. Like I would go to every every time an athlete had a treatment, I'd be like, oh, I'm coming. Yeah. Like every single thing I could do to be involved. I was, I was treating it like I was a high-performance manager, hmm. um, but minus the delegation. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so we, we did that. And then uh, off the strength of that, our head coach, got me a gig with the Australian Sapphires, our under-21 national team, and I got that job over a couple of people with, you know, PhDs at the, at the AIS, like a very credentialed people, um, and Gary just said, no, you're my guy, I want, I want you to do this. Yeah. And we had a great run, got a silver medal at the Worlds, and again, no one, no one got injured. Uh, and then that flowed into, I won't, I won't do this blow by blow because I'll go on and on, but that yeah. flowed into Basel Victoria uh, work and then I got uh, snapped up by the, um, what was then the Bulleen Boomers, now the Melbourne yeah. Boomers. I've been, I've been there uh, ever since, so 13 years I've been with that club. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago I stepped down from the high performance manager because I need to focus more on core advantage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's sort of, the, I'm, I'm speed and agility coach there. I serve on the Deacons Advisory Board to the Undergrad Sports yeah. Science course. And yeah, I'm the director at Core Advantage, which keeps me pretty busy. And also helping steer our new app, Metric, which is a velocity-based training app that we have uh, developed yeah. over the last 18 months. So uh, I guess that's that's that's, uh, that's it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that's, on, uh, I, that's a good I, monologue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, that's right. I love, hearing, <laughs> I love hearing people's journey into the industry and how they get into it. So I think I know young coaches out there and anyone that's maybe getting into the industry, I think I suppose it's finding that pathway for yourself and obviously it's going to take a bit of time. And I know there's obviously hurdles that do come up along the way, but going mm. back to like, build, I think obviously we spoke about mentors. I think that's huge in the industry. And for someone, mm. um, I think you can if you can find yourself a mentor or even just hire a coach, I think, is, is huge. I know hiring a coach is really smart. It's it's, yeah. a, it's it's a great trick. I should say too, the when I look back on it now, the worst things for the worst things that happened were the best things. Yeah. So like I got the I got the sack by the club and I was just broken hearted, probably clinically depressed for six months afterwards. Like yeah. it was just horrible getting the sack when you when you mm-hmm. felt you'd done a great job, but they just cleared it and it's just ruthless. Sports just yes, yeah. you know. I remember I bumped into uh, Dawson Kidgel, who's a great sports scientist and uh, who I played basketball with as a junior. Yeah. And uh, and he said to me, I was relatively, I was maybe three years in, and he's like, have you been sacked yet? And I'm like, no. And he's like, everyone gets sacked. You're going to get sacked. <laughs> and it was good. Um, but being sacked was the best thing ever because yeah. if I thought I was committed prior to being sacked, that quadrupled up because I was like, I'm never going to be put in a position where anyone 
can can cut me. Mm. Uh, so I think that was really good. And it's like we had, um, you know, the journey, which I'm happy to dive into more a bit later, if you like, yeah. about yeah. our various failures at core advantage. Mm. And but those failures are actually the defining things that make it better now. So yeah, yeah, the hard stuff is the good stuff. Definitely, just not at the time. Just not at the time. That's right. I think yeah, for myself, obviously, like just different things you do miss out on, or jobs that you think, oh, like that you mm. might want to obviously get at the time, and then I know, like, so again, I've, I've missed out on a few, and I think I'd say again, I'm just really disappointed. But sometimes you think, well, maybe like that isn't the right timing for you, or um, yeah, different things like that at the same time. So for people, yeah, obviously, are listening, definitely take those on board, and obviously move on, move on to the next one. I think is big as mm. well. Yeah, use it as use it as fuel. It should be fuel. Yeah, definitely. So he's gone back to Bruce as well. Do you still keep in yeah. contact with him? Yeah, I do. Is yeah. he a big I suppose he's a big mentor in your in He's your he's a huge person in my life. He's like a, a, a second father figure. Um yeah. and look, we don't agree on everything. I've diverged on certain areas, but he what he taught me, you just can't learn anywhere else. He taught me about uh just by watching because I because I affected because I stayed in his gym for 15 years. Yeah. So it was like a 15-year apprenticeship. Yeah. And it was one of those things, it's like when you first learn from someone, you think it's like when you're a parent, like when, you, when your kids are little, they think you're a god. Yeah. And when they're teenagers, they think you're a moron. <laughs> and apparently apparently, when uh, they're in their 20s, they suddenly realise you're actually quite clever. Yeah. But there's a bit of a curve. And it's kind of like that where, where maybe in year three, I didn't appreciate all the things that were very clever about what Bruce did. Yeah. But by year 15, I could really, really see yeah. them. He was great at creating that tension where he believed athletes could do more than they believed they could do. Hmm. And he would, he would pull them along by force of personality into, into doing things they didn't think they could, they could handle. Yeah. Uh, and that was really good for me to see. It's that thing of, it's not just about being connected, you know, like people don't want a strength and conditioning companion. Yeah. They want a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Uh, and he was a really good example of that. He, he was you know, he had a strong personal relationship, but it was built around the idea of I'm going to make you better than you could make yourself by yourself. Yeah. And so that the non-technical side of coaching, uh, he is just a, a hilarious genius at it. And he's brutal. I mean, his name's Bruiser. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, this real kind of the kind of soul, but would also absolutely torch his athletes. So yeah, it was great. And it was a good gym to grow up into. I mean, I grew up, I grew up in a gym watching world championship level powerlifters do their yeah. thing and so i got to learn a lot of stuff you know some of it was wrong like how to do it the right i got to see people destroy their bodies like i've i've seen like pec tears bicep tears patellas ripped off the bone uh, i've seen everything in a gym go wrong uh, but i've also seen stuff go right like i've seen the world bench press champion do like i know like 160 or 260 at a body weight of 76 kilos like just yeah. I think maybe it was two seasons, just crazy stuff. So I got yeah. to watch a lot and just kind of absorb and um assimilate what I liked and then throw away what what I didn't like. So it was a great, it was a great environment. Also, what was really good, I should say, is it's good to put yourself in situations where you don't have huge pressure to make money early on. Yeah. So if your rent is 50 bucks, yeah, then you don't have to worry about taking on clients you don't like. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you just start to pick the people you want to work with and that, yeah. that helps a lot as well. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, it's been awesome, like obviously getting exposed to all the, all the different types of training and people that mm. are training in there. I think it's another 
awesome experience as a, as a coach and a young coach to see see those as well. And you're saying again, might interest or you might again, later, coach them later down, down the track too. So it's awesome to see. And, and I'm sure like that building that relationship I spoke about before with, uh, with your client, I think that's a, another biggest key as well. Um, it's uh, huge. It's huge. Well. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. It was a great, I was, I, I have had very good who luck in my life. I've had really good people that I've bumped into and it was great. And it, what was really cool too, is like in 99, when I was starting, I, for instance, um, Darren Smith was, uh, who's a pro basketballer retired now. So he was, uh, towards the end of his career. So I was starting in mine. He was towards the end of his. Yeah. Uh, and now I train his daughter, Alana, who's an yeah. Olympian and who plays in the WNBA. And so that's really cool too, yeah. seeing the sort of the full circle. Definitely. Um, that's it. Um, so. Same again. Know their family and friends and stuff, and you can see them obviously. Yeah. Up and From little them. little little puppies into into these uh, superstars, which is yeah, uh, definitely. pretty cool. I was quickly going to say, I was just going to touch on it quickly about, you know, obviously mm. seen all the different injuries. I was seeing that one that you shared the other day about. Oh, that. my God. <laughs> How good was that? Oh, that was crazy. I was like, I showed a few of the kids down there. They're just like, they're like cringing at it. I was like, look at this. And um, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty crazy. So yeah, I haven't seen too, many, too much of that before. That was amazing. So if, if you want to see it, guys, it's on my, it's on my, uh, one of my posts. Yeah. Durham.McInnes, uh, M-C-I-N-N-I-S. And yeah, it's, uh, you see a, a person just tearing their ACL apart voluntarily, just not knowing what he was doing. Because yeah. he, what he was doing was he, he'd kind of mashed up a Nordic, yeah. a reverse Nordic and a sissy squat. Yeah. And then that that cushion was actually like amplifying the force and it was just pushing that knee out of, you know, into a dislocation. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, if, um, if you're not too, uh, like for people listening, if you're not too good with your stomach or anything, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> Scroll right past that one. <laughs> I've never had so many spew emojis in my inbox. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Now going on to, I suppose, Core Advantage. Yeah, sure. Obviously, you're uh, the co-director there as well. But yeah, yep. how Core Advantage started, obviously, it's booming today at the moment. Or, or getting, yeah. getting it open at the moment. Getting back to booming, yeah. yeah. Um, it started with a really stupid idea, which was that I wanted to democratise access to high performance. So what I wanted, I had this idea that, you know, at elite level, we have, you have access to experts who've literally spent their entire life trying to be the best they can in the world of what they do. So like if you're at Melbourne Football Club, you you had Dr. Darren Burgess, my my hero, yeah. there. Like you have this incredible expertise, millions of dollars worth of people per annum paid just to help you be bulletproof. Yeah. But but at a junior level, before you've made it through the great filter, you have just at, at best someone's uncle, brother or dad or mum who might be a PT. Yeah. You don't necessarily have access to great experts. Yeah. And so the idea was... And look, and I, I don't, I shouldn't take credit for it because I didn't think of it. What happened was, we had this really good run with Dandenong, yeah. And the president of the club came to me and he said, "Hey, you know how you've made our seniors bulletproof and super athletic? Do you reckon you could do that with juniors?" Mm. Uh, and I said, "Not sure, but I'll give it a go. If, have you yeah. got any that you want me to have a look at?" And he sent me a a young kid who was like twelve had already torn his hamstring twice. Uh, who's now who's now a sports scientist and, and a coach which there is kind of cool and he, he sent me a young Liz Cambridge uh, yeah. who couldn't whose knees were so bad she couldn't walk up a flight of stairs yeah. uh, and uh, and a young uh, Ash Arnott who is now turned out to be my boss at Basel Victoria for because he's now 
a coach yeah. has now moved up to, to the AIS as assistant coach at the Centre of Excellence. Yeah. But, yeah, but so that was all on, on, on this uh, awesome man who's a um, friend of mine who's now passed away, uh, Charles Ryan. Yeah. So he kind of got it going because what happened is I started to train one or two and they started getting really good results. Yeah. And it just it just snowballed on me really quickly. And so I had this situation where I guess from 2000 and uh, maybe 2005, business just really grew a lot. Yeah. And I was working out of out of Bodyworld and I knew I needed at some point to start my own thing. Yeah. And yeah, the idea was I wanted to be so cheap that anyone can afford it. I didn't want money to be an object. So uh, we made it really cheap. Yeah. And the idea was deliver a Mercedes for the price of a day work. Yeah. That was that was the idea. And it was noble, but it was stupid because <laughs> we nearly went we like we nearly went broke about six times because there's a reason Mercedes cost more than a day work. Because there's, you know, there's better componentry, more time goes into them. And so look at that, you know, there were times. So, and so we, we got the gym up uh, and it was a beautiful gym, but I had completely stuffed up the design. Yeah. Okay. So the design of the gym, I had this idea that we would have this uh, Mike Boyle-esque, one of my favorite SNC coaches yeah. in the States. You know, often um, base it off anyone, I suppose, or like types of. Yeah, it was inspired by Mark Verstegen, who almost no one's ever heard of. It's one of the best SNC operators ever. He's the founder of Exos, yeah. very much inspired by him, who happens to be best mates with Mike Ball. Yeah. Um, and Mike Ball's system is, is different again. Yeah. And and it was beautiful. Like it looked great on the floor. I, I did like 60 different drafts of the floor plan. Like I, yeah. I you know, it was great. <laughs> but what I'd accidentally done is I took and turned this big room into this series of smaller rooms. Yeah. Uh, and I remember Jacob, my business partner, and I were at the time, were like, yeah, it's really good. It's like uh, you've got all these small rooms. Like we thought this was a feature. Yeah. And it was, and we didn't realize it was it was a terrible thing, because it meant it was really hard to do a good job coaching. It wasn't flexible, yeah. and you were you were stuck. The biggest mistake I made was, I made a facility where it was kind of built around the programming I was doing at the time. Yeah. So I really liked supersetting squats and chins together, for instance, because you get the compression, you get the axle load on on the on the back squat, yeah. and then by supersetting it with a chin. Uh, you get a bit of a decompression and they're nice and opposite. So just, it's a good pairing. Yeah. But we did the lad in such that if you wanted to do a row instead, you had to go to a different room. Oh, okay. Um, so, so it looked beautiful and it was very impressive for photos, but yeah. it was actually really stupid. Yeah. And the business model of being cheap was also really stupid. We were cheaper than F45. Yeah. Um, and and that, was, that was the thing that my, my staff, they basically staged an intervention and they sat me down and they said, we cannot run this business if we're going to be cheaper than F45. This yeah. is ridiculous. You need to up your prices. And so the first lockdown, uh, Jacob and I and, and the team, we, we sat down, we talked about it, and we kind of taught, we said, oh, how would we do this if we were starting from scratch? What would we do differently? And so we tore it up. And instead of having a, a class-based model, we had an open gym model. We completely tore the gym up. Very lucky that we partnered with Iron Edge and... So we got to completely redesign the gym with them yep. uh, and they gave a much better design than I ever could have, which is, which is a good point too, that don't try and design like the idea of so dumb to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars as a rookie designer on making mistakes. Like yep. I should have just talked to them first, uh, yeah. but so we tore the gym up, we tore the model up and we raised our prices yep. and it's, it's been, it's almost like a completely new gym. So it's yep. much uh, more, for older athletes, less for the young ones. We still train juniors, 
yeah. um, but it's more built for people in their 20s. Look, the only thing we, we really didn't change was the internship. Uh, and so we've kept that uh, the same because that's been really good to us. And that's also fueled the online mentorship, uh, yeah. which, which you did. Yeah. And so that's been a great thing for our business. And Jacob has done a, an amazing job of, of that. But yeah, so core management as it stands now. So we have a more adult-centric athletic development program in-house. Yeah. Uh, we, we run embedded academy programs where uh, our senior coach, uh, Hayley Campbell, runs some of our schools programs. So she'll run an SNC program for Forest Hill Academy, for yeah. Eltham College and for some other schools. Yeah. And then we have our testing division because we've developed our own tech. So we've actually built. So we hired Jacob's brother, who's a technology uh, genius with a degree in robotics and IT. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jacob's pitch was he said, "Hi, my brother. He's smarter than I am." And I was like, <laughs> "And I was like, when does he start?" <laughs> like, and yeah, so so Jacob and Davey have built. We've got our own timing gate system that, that, yeah. that was proprietary with an app that drives that, which is so good at the moment. We're not selling it to anyone because it's such a source of competitive advantage for testing. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a, yeah. a slick system. Oh, yeah. uh, so we've got the technology stuff bubbling away and then the VBT yeah. uh, stuff. So there's a few different divisions and it's yeah. my job to kind of oversee it all, hopefully add valuable input where I can. No, that's a, that's a really awesome to hear. I know we're just going to touch on the internship now. When yeah. did that come, when did that come about? And I suppose the idea of we thinking of maybe like obviously for coaches and things to obviously educate them on, as yeah, much as can to obviously go and get experience and then obviously get other jobs at the same time. Yeah, the, it was it was probably the best strategy and decision I've ever made. Yeah, um, and it was simply. I realized I could design a beautiful gym, even though I was actually wrong at the time. Like it was a stupid, it was a beautiful but stupid gym. But what I knew was that there was no point having this great gym if I didn't have a great team. Yeah. And it seemed to me that I'd benefited immensely from Bruce's mentoring. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to put all my energy into doing the same. Yeah. So I hired uh, Rob Blinkhorn, who was one of uh, my first hires. And Rob was an athlete who trained with me as a junior went on to do his sports science degree and then came full circle and came and worked. So he knew my philosophies from when he was a kid. Yeah. Subsequently gone on, got his master's in strength and conditioning, got yeah. his master's in physio and now a third master's in data analytics. Oh, yeah. um, and he's out and he's out of the, so Rob, massive brain, like really big brain. Yeah. And we just set about making the best internship that we could. Yeah. And, creating kind of a talent magnet and the idea was take everything it's taken me you know 15 years to work out distill that down to a 26-week curriculum that can really help people and it was it was absurdly successful like yeah. it, it got it was a really good strategy and like it got out of control and, and I'm quite confident it, it pretty rapidly got to the point where I don't reckon I would have got into my own internship yeah so I'm, I'm like I'm sitting across if I was if I if me now was sitting across the table from me in his early 20s. I'd have been like, oh, you're, you're a nice kid, but I'm not sure you're up for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was that in itself was crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that, that went really well. And Jacob came to me and he said, well, we've got this really good IP because it's a fundamentally an operating system for, it's not just knowledge, it's an operating system for how to think about your coaching. Yeah. He's like, why, why don't I take about six months off coaching and turn that into a permanent online product. Yeah. And so that's what he did. And he did a cracking job of it. 
it's way harder than you think. And, and Jacob, for those of you that don't know him that well, so his handle on Insta is uh, VBT Coach. Yep. Jacob's brilliant. He's the most capable person I've ever met. He can just, like, he's built his own Vertec. We've built our own laser gates. Like, he can just build anything. Yeah. Uh, the app that we're building at the moment is incredible. Uh, I've basically never seen him say, I can't do a thing. Yeah. He's just not one of those people. And I'll never forget, we're, we're three days into filming the internship. And he calls me up and he goes, I think I've just had a panic attack trying to film and I had to leave the gym (laughs) because it's really hard to do that stuff well. Like it comes across so, so stilted. So, yeah, so he did that and that was um, was a great thing. And now we've chopped it up into a bunch of little micro courses as well. Um, So people that don't want to, you know, do the whole thing. And um, and that's been, uh, it's been very good to us. It's been, it's been great. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a standout for you guys as well. So if there are any coaches out there, definitely have a look um, at Core Advantage Internship and the online one I did, I, I highly recommend that. So jump on that and same again, as Dom just said about the little courses too, I'd definitely check them out. Starting out or in the, even in the industry, I think experience is, is a bit of a key that, at, at the time too. So try to learn as much as you can, I think. I think yeah, and I think it's a good bridging thing too. It kind of it kind of connects you with the theory a little better. Yeah. Um. The one of the power moves there's um one of our former athletes he bought the internship just before he, he bought the online mentorship just yeah. before he started first year. Yeah. 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 And uh, Re- Revolution Performance uh, Connor and uh, he crushed his entire degree because he was yeah. learning like it was yeah. you know a lot of the answers were in there. <laughs> So yeah. not, in a, not in a dodgy way, but uh, he found it very helpful. So no, that's, that's good. Kind of cool. And um, previously I've had Jacob on the podcast too, so you can... Uh, oh, have you? Cool. Oh, good. Uh, so you can definitely go check check that episode out and uh, get to know Jacob a little bit more as well. Yeah, he's great. Awesome. Who's going on now to athletes starting out or even just gen pop clients starting out? Rose, what do you think mm. some of the fundamentals and basics to work on just maybe starting out the gym or starting running them? Yeah, I think... I think the basics, I think I think I really like Nick Winkleman, who's a who's a great coach and a great thinker. And he just talks about the three P's, positions, patterns, and power. Yeah. And I think that's a really nice way to think about it. Because yeah. if you don't have the positional capability, if you don't have the mobility in your in your ankle to get into a good dorsiflexion, yeah. you don't have the mobility in your thoracic or perhaps the control in your your lumbar core to get into a good position. Everything yeah. else is going to be kind of a waste of time. And I think what often happens is people will skip straight past positions and, and um, patterns and they'll be like, yeah, let's do power. It's like, yeah, but you've got to learn to move nicely before you can yeah. move fast. Yeah. So pretty much everyone I've ever coached, it's like, all right, step one, do you have the rec- requisite mobility to get into the right positions? Yeah. Do you now have, step two, do you have the control and the patterning when you're in those positions? Yeah. Cool. Now let's apply some load and and speed you end up applying last rather than rather than first and i didn't i should be clear it's not because i'm super clever that i've worked that out yeah. it's because i did it wrong and i saw it just go wrong a lot yeah. uh, like if you'd asked me in nine if you asked me in 2000 where the start point for a back squat was yeah. my answer would have been one plate each side 60 kilos yeah. I'd be like, yeah that's where that's square one should start yeah. with that <laughs> and then you know a couple of years later i would have been like yeah you should start with 40 probably yeah. And then a couple of years later, you should start with the bar. And like a decade later, I'm like, you should start with, you know, uh, can you squat a broomstick or even, no, probably a decade later would have been, can you switch on your glutes? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So uh, I reckon start trying to really be disciplined with every athlete or gen pop person yeah. at finding out where square one is, yeah. like really finding what's the genuine start point. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and I love those answers. I think even just like maybe assessment, I know I'm sure different coaches would do um, mm. different ways. I don't know if you guys, would you guys have assessment process maybe if they do come in? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little more fluid. As it used to be very regimented, it's a little more fluid, but we still typically, you know, we want to see what's your cat camel like because I think, yeah. you know, eight out of 10 people have a problematically tight thoracic. So we just yeah. want to see if that's going to be a limiting factor because if, th- if your thoracic is wrong, yeah, nothing else is going to be right. Mm. Like if you're, all, if you're all locked up in the thoracic, your shoulders aren't going to work well, you're not going to breathe well, you're not going to jump well, stand well or squat well. So it's like, all right, we've got to look at that. And then we'll look at, you know, a little bit of performance stuff as well, like how fast you are, what your vertical is. Yeah. Uh, and it might be deep core. It might be, uh, I really, it's so simple, but I really like a, a straight push-up test. Yeah. Um, telling someone to give you as many push-ups as they can tells yeah. you heaps that yeah. you need. You know, like if, if it can be cat camel, push-up, body weight squat, and then jumping with some video of them jumping and landing. Yeah. And a bit of running like that's, that's huge. Um, yeah. You often don't need that much more than that. Um, but I think you're remiss if you don't do a bit of that. I think yeah. if you just dive straight in, because what, and I used to do it, I used to just kind of get started, but what would happen is you get started. Then like six weeks in, you'd be like, geez, our thoracic's really limiting us now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it was, and I, I'd be like, oh, if only I had it started this six weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so um, um, do, do you know what a Gantt chart is? Have you heard of Gantt charts? I haven't actually, no. Okay. So they're really interesting. So um, my wife is an operational excellence person uh, and an aerospace engineer. So she's got yep. pretty pretty big brain. She taught me about Gantt charts and, yep. I, and I love, uh, it's just a project planning tool. It's basically, it's laid out almost like a periodization model where you're going to have your various different things, but yep. each thing will waterfall into the next thing. So if you're building a house, you have a Gantt chart for that. So builders will often have that. And there'll be certain things that are on what's called on the critical path. So if you're building a house, you can't put the walls up till you've laid the slab. Yeah. So if the concrete is late, the whole project gets, gets thrown out. Yeah. But there are other things that are not on the critical path. So you could simultaneously do windows and doors. It's not going to matter. Uh, or you could paint the walls, but not the door. You know, like this, this, but yeah. there's certain things that are going to stop the whole thing. And so every athletic project I'm doing, I'm thinking, okay, what's the Gantt chart? Yeah. What's on the critical path? What might hold me back later? So, for yeah. instance, with an ACL, nine times out of ten, the critical path is going to be their hamstring restrengthening. Yeah. You'll get everything else really strong, but because often they chopped up the hammy to get a graft, often that's been a bit disrupted. Yeah. And so you want to start pretty early on getting that hammy ready. So, so it's not like everything else is ready. Now we just got to wait around two months more for the hammy to get strong enough. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, your Gantt charts are, are a great way to think about rehab and just projects in general. And I still stuff it. I still often, I'll forget to do that. And I'm like, oh, that's on the critical path. That's totally going to slow me down. Yeah. Um, but it's a good mental model. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. I've, I've never heard of that one. So um, I've definitely um, have to look into that. And It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah um, and you can buy products like the, I literally for, um, for the, the setup of Core Advantage where we had stupidly the first time, we had like 30 different equipment suppliers. Yeah, and so I had to organize all of them and the the tradies and all this. And so I had the only way I, I would have died if I didn't have a Gantt chart because I could yeah. actually work out when everything was gonna gonna arrive. So um, yeah, yeah, that's I, a, I actually, I'll um I'll definitely look and hopefully I can yeah I'll definitely use it myself if I need. In, yeah, Pre- I mean prepare to be a bit underwhelmed because it still does look a hell of a lot like a periodization model. Like it's yeah. pretty similar. It's just got a, it's just got a couple little differences. Yeah, that's it. I was gonna say yeah, like even going back to like assessment there as well. I know mm. like. 
things that I definitely would have done better at the start. I look back and think like, geez, like, um, what was I kind of thinking there at the same time? But same again, yeah. I suppose it's just that learning lesson. It's and learning. Experience there too. But yeah, I think if, if you do have maybe a little assessment yourself, even if you just create on your own, maybe three yeah. three different things um, to look at before you go into that session. Obviously, when someone is starting, yeah, I know obviously injuries, injuries play I'm a big, big part of too. So obviously things that are, I don't know if they've done anything. So just making sure mm. what there is to figure out first in, that, in those steps. Yeah. Well. And and I reckon the thing, one of the things I did wrong that, that we're better at now was that I, we probably had too long a screening. Pro- I, I don't think the script, we, we let our screening get a bit long. And I think what really matters is getting the story from the person you're training. Yeah. Okay. Like really getting to that. Why are you really here? What do you want? You know, you say you want, you say like gen pop, yeah. everyone says they want to feel fit. Yeah. Uh, and, and then eventually they go, hey, do you reckon you could uh, help out with this fat? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like a, yeah. They just don't, they don't say that at the start. So what they should be saying in session one is I want to improve body composition. Yeah. But they rarely say that. And it's like getting good at extracting people's story. Yeah. Uh, and, and learning their injury history. And then, and then doing a quick screen, a screen is valuable. But yeah. I reckon what's more important is actually knowing them as a person a bit. Yeah, um, and, you know, just getting a read off, okay, are they are they a bit more sensitive? Are they going to overplay how much something hurts or are they yeah. a bit too brave? But just getting that that read off them as well. Yeah, I think that's a big part of communication skills and I suppose just building that mm. rapport and that trust just with um, the athletes and um, I think Gen Pop mm. um, is, a, is a big key part of it as well. Mm. Last question I just want to touch on your podcast i know um you run i run a great podcast and i'm sure it's, it's oh, thank you if, if, i'm sure it's different being on the other end of, of this one at the moment <laughs> this is nice i'm finding this fun i, I normally find podcasts pretty stressful <laughs> yeah that's no, good yes yeah, yeah. How, how did you start the podcast and yeah i suppose what mm. was your interest in in getting it up and running for core advantage yeah so look we started it because uh, my brother Tommy, who's also the CEO of the business, yep. he was like, "You guys need to get your thought. You've got," he said, "You've got really good thoughts, but no one yep. knows about those thoughts. So you need to get out there and you should start a podcast." Yeah. And we did, uh, and we just so it was like, "All right, let's just each week let's just talk about thoughts we have around an issue." And Jacob and I are a good duo in that we're quite different, but yep. we're also sort of complementary in our skill sets. So yep. you know, in his words. I'm a 10 out of 10 at the things he's a one out of 10 and, and the reverse also applies. Yeah. Like yeah. we're both just uh, well, well matched in that sense. So yeah. we just got talking about all the stuff we care about and it turns out there's a lot and it was really good. But the big mistake, we, we kind of, we did our first hundred, like the first, the top hundred things you want to talk about really yeah. jump out at you. Yeah. And we did them and then we got really busy and we kind of, kind of lost our momentum a little bit. And then we punched out a few more, but it, it took us way too long to realize that we should have actually pivoted to having more interviews, which is where we're, what we're doing now. Yeah. Where it's it's me doing more interviews. Uh, yeah. So it was good fun, but I am deeply annoyed at myself for letting it slip because in, because in the intervening time since we had that kind of since we took our foot off the pedal, there's like a million podcasts. Yeah. Whereas we were one of the first in the country, and so yeah. we probably didn't leverage that as well as we should have. Uh, so I'm a bit annoyed at the lack of consistency, and I think it's just a good message. Um, just just doing it, the discipline of doing it every week yeah. um, uh, is something that I'm a little annoyed at myself about. But it's good fun. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to become a better interviewer. 
um yeah. and uh that's that's its own process as you know it's you have to kind of you have to, your brain has to be running on sort of two gears at the same time yeah um right. but and I, i'm probably guilty of being a little timid in the sense that i don't reach out to people i tend to just reach out to my network yeah and i'm really lucky because i've got an incredible network of people yeah. to bring on the show yeah um uh but then the future of the podcast is uh me having the guts to reach out to people that i don't know that well yeah. and uh and getting them on the show uh, so Absolutely. that's my that's my big challenge yeah. that's really cool did you find us doing your stories at the start were you more thinking of doing it just just you at the start or did you want that co-host at the same time as well i, I always wanted the co-host thing yeah, yeah. that was uh, i just seemed right and and just uh, was just seemed a good fit and Jacob's good I might go off and I'm prone to going off on tangents and I need yeah. to be good to have someone that could yeah. kind of put me back on the on the yeah. on the track <laughs> yeah but uh, the moment is really good so like, I'm really happy with the flow of it now and I'll probably have Jacob on the show it was really fun the one we did last week talking about the VBT stuff because yeah. he talks about that better I reckon he talks about VBT better than anyone else he explains yeah. it so well yeah so we'll probably have him on once a month as we give updates on on what happens with that little little metric project yeah awesome so, what episode are you up to what are you up to now I guess we're 150 or something yeah. like that I've stopped I've stopped yeah. count it's just like just just do one every week and, uh, and keep and I think I think I'll just keep doing it forever yeah um and I did one um it's interesting too, like each episode I finish and I always listen back to them because I think yeah. you want to make, you want to be, become better by listening back, yeah, which I find excruciating because I listen and I'm like, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> uh, but but I get nice feedback from it. But I did one where it was just me doing a little bit of a monologue about speed yeah. reading and about reading good books. Yeah. And I got so much feedback from that one that was really good. So, uh, and I was like, people are going to hate this. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, so I'll probably do a few more of those as well yeah, where good. I just deep dive on a thing that I reckon... You know, it's like often I think I'm thinking and writing for what would what do I wish younger me knew? Yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that's uh, that's something I'll do a little bit more of as well. Yeah, I know for myself, I, I always do struggle with sometimes doing it just by myself. I know I've got to, I'm mm. trying to get much better at um, doing it by myself, and I, I I prefer like sitting and talking to a guest or it's so much better. Yeah, it is much better because it's the same again. You just feel more comfortable and just that general chat. Mm. I try to turn it into and just to learn about each other I think is, is pretty cool at the same time as well but yeah as you said consistency I think I'm trying to keep it up I've, I've done pretty well by keeping it an episode each week you've done great yeah it's outstanding yeah, yeah. Thank you. so trying to keep that as much as you can and as you spoke about before reaching out to different people I think I'm at the same I've, I've done it a few times with people that I don't know and it's mm. a bit of a nerve-wracking at the start but I think as I said once you get them on it's 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 not really nervous at all I think it's yeah just reaching them out and they say oh no but like as I said, what I think, what's the worst is going to happen if if they do say yes or no? If they say no, then yeah, if they say no, well, exactly, yeah. Like that's the, the part of my brain, the part of my brain that speaks English, the little part because you know most of our brain doesn't speak English. It's basically yeah. just an, an, an animal back here behind the behind the back of the brain. The part of my brain that that speaks English is like, yeah, you should just call them. Yeah. But there's this whole other section that's like, no, don't call. They might say no. <laughs> you know, it's like, what's are oh, they going to say no? Okay, we cross them off your list. That's not, it. Yeah, not that big a deal. I think that's the biggest thing as well, but um, yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely check out the show notes for guys that are listening today as well. Random thoughts that 
Uh, it's now called the Athletic Development Show, um, and so you, you'll find it. I'll send you through the links. Yeah, um, and um, I'll shoot through the links to Jacob's uh, stuff as well, and our, and our yeah. metric stuff. And um, and normally uh, I issue an apology when I tell people my Insta thing because I'm so sporadic. But now is the best time. I'm doing thirty and thirty, so thirty days in that. a row. I'm doing thirty seconds. So it's actually a time where you'll hear some stuff from me if you follow me rather than the previous, you know, one post every six weeks cadence that I was working out. How is it going for yourself? Uh, it's I I am really enjoying the challenge of distilling an idea down to thirty seconds. Yeah, because it's not long. Like you've really got it. You've got to set up the idea pretty efficiently, and you've got to hit it and then get out. Yeah, and it's quite hard timing it to to because if it goes beyond my reels only allows me to get thirty seconds, and I yeah. want to get the subtitles in. Yeah. So if it goes beyond, it's too much. So it's been a fun a fun challenge, and people are saying nice things, which That's is encouraging. Cool. So I'm gonna. I'm going to keep doing it and um, yeah, we'll see. See if I can't get a little more out there, a little less shy, basically. Yep. No, that's awesome. Keep it up. Thank, thank, you. You, so much thank for, you so much for your time today, Dom. I really do appreciate it. It's been a great chat. Thanks for having me. Give social, it a great work. Me- social media, websites, Instagram. Yep. What would, uh, if anyone wants to reach out to? Yeah. So, core advantage. So, durham.mckinnis, D U R H A M M C, D U R H A M dot M C I N I S. And then our the core advantage um, one is core underscore advantage. And so it's a good one to follow. Hayley uh, puts out some great, she does a fair bit of her content on that, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and then J- Jacob's uh, VBT coach, good and metric. Yep. Uh, what's metric actually called? I think it's called metric VBT. That's yep. not got a lot on it yet. But we think we think VBT is the it's you know it's the missing dimension in strength training. And so yep. It's going to be pretty exciting to get that up and running. And that's called metric VBT, all one word. So, Hold yeah. on. I'll put that in the show notes for you guys. So, yeah, please do check out. Same again, if you do have any questions for Durham and the team at Core Advantage, don't hesitate to reach out. Yep. So I'm sure they'll get in touch. Yeah. help you out there as well. But, yeah, thanks again. And, um, yeah, it's been a great chat. So look forward to sharing it with you guys as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Pleasure. All right. Thanks. See ya.